0: Yo, I'm a train hey. with the face, and I'm
1: coming your way. Choo-choo, motherfucker, it's your motherfucking birthday.
0: Oh, you remembered. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hello, welcome to Think Outside the Box Said. It's a podcast about artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed, and I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt
0: and we're two pale assholes and we're about to finish talking about the discography of Bob Marley.
1: I'm really surprised that you were able to get away with that title on Apple Podcasts. The last episode uh, was surprising to me titled uh, Two Pale Assholes. Although I have to say... I'm glad to finally get some recognition for all the expense I've put into bleaching my asshole. <laughs> like that Kanye finally. West song. Finally, some, some recognition. <laughs> Wait, is there a Kanye West song about bleaching your asshole? Yeah. What? I didn't know that. I haven't really followed him recently because he's batshit. Is it uh, a recent song?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe I'll drop in uh, a sound sample. Um,
1: maybe. And she just oh, asshole, maybe.
0: And I bleach on my maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna feel like an asshole. Hmm. Uh
1: but yeah, we're two pale assholes talking about Bob Marley, and this is episode ninety-nine. That is right. We've been doing this for two years now. We've in been fact, doing this for ninety-nine times. I think we uh I think we um missed our one year anniversary, or two year anniversary rather. Fuck. Um I think what was that? That's September... All... it?
0: September It's all. It's all about the the significant numbers. It's
1: today, actually. Today, the the date of the record, September twenty (gasps) seventh. It's today.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: So we've wow would you look at that so we've missed four episodes only i guess so that seems like we missed more but maybe not maybe we didn't miss more or maybe
0: because of the recording no hey, yeah, whatever well yeah. um happy anniversary
1: oh thanks what'd you get me uh a podcast oh okay <laughs> yeah uh second second year is podcast i think in the traditional numbering system yeah uh so happy anniversary episode 99 um next that means next episode is 100 and we got some special ideas for that stay tuned but for now we're going to talk about bob marley's last album while he was alive uprising from
0: 1980 his pre uh pre pre-prehumus album. album. <laughs> or or during humus, I guess. How would you say
1: that? Uh What's oh. the prefix for for that? During inter interhumus? Interhumus? Inter interhumus. Interhumus. Inter, inter inter there you go. <laughs> um yeah, it's I think we maybe should stop with Bob Marley here and not do um, his next album, the 1983 one that is, the name is escaping me. Um, Con-
0: uh, confrontation, I was
1: believe. Was that the one? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. It does have the song Buffalo Soldiers, which is good, but it's mostly like a B-sides and demos compilation and got pretty, um, not not great reviews from like Rolling Stone, for instance. And I think there's just something like poetic About the way that Bob Marley signs off on this album, knowing... Absolutely. I mean, he basically knows it's his last album while he's alive, and Uh, yeah, he essentially, like, structures the end of the album. He, uh, like, the the second to last song is Forever Loving Ja, and then his, his, like, last statement, essentially, is Redemption Song, which I think he was conscious of and uh, sort of had decided that that's his, like, final... What his final statement was going to be.
0: So he had, like... He had cancer for like three years.
1: Something like that.
0: Yeah. Nineteen ninety nineteen seventy seven. And then this album came out in uh in eighty. Yeah. Yeah. He continued touring and was in the process of scheduling a world tour in nineteen eighty.
1: Yeah. He died then, in uh, uh he died in May of eighty one.
0: And Pittsburgh was his last concert.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Man. State funeral in Jamaica. Yeah. I've I've heard so many like racist urban legends about bob marley and his illness and death there was a lot of like oh, like what there was there was a lot of like discussion i've heard about like yeah he you know refused to see a doctor and instead wanted to treat with like you know alternative new age bullshit and then ah. i heard something extremely racist about how when he died they found uh like seven new species of head lice on his body or something like that have you have you heard that, that? is a, no have you heard, have you heard that uh, urban urban myth it's no, extremely I'm glad racist. that I haven't
0: had spent enough time with the people who would say that to, to hear that.
1: Oh, humble brag. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my fault. They were my parents' church. No, I'm
0: just saying it's not my... I'm not saying it's in my control.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You never
0: know who's going to say that kind of thing. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so it, did, it does say that he received alternative cancer treatment called Isel's treatment, partly based on avoidance of certain foods, drinks, and other substances, yeah it I th- says that on on wikipedia
1: yeah i think um i think the racist rumors i had heard was that he instead of getting like pr- proper medical treatment he got like alternative medical treatment but instead according to wikipedia um he did not want to have his toe amputated the, the cancer start in in the nail of his toe and he didn't want to get it amputated because that would have hindered his performing career and hmm. uh he cited his religious beliefs also um interesting but in so he didn't get the toe removed but the nail and the nail bed were removed and a skin graft was taken from his thigh to cover the area
0: yeah it sounds like he's making choices based on agency
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah oh man wikipedia uh mentions another urban legend that he didn't want to or that the uh whoa it says there were rumors that the lesion i guess that turned cancerous was caused by an injury during a football match Um, but Wikipedia says it was instead a symptom of already existing cancer.
0: Yeah. How could you get an owie that turns into cancer?
1: I (laughs) Cameron, you know, some of the urban legends, I I hate to break it to you. Some of them are not super logical. (laughs) In fact, some of them may not be very fact-based at all. In fact, I know this is earth shattering and it's, it's very, Mm. uh, surprising to hear, but I think it's, it's true. I think you know yeah so he was given a state funeral on in jamaica on 21 may 1981 which combined elements of ethiopian orthodoxy and rastafari tradition um his last words to his son ziggy were money can't buy life
0: uh paraphrased from the the beatles song
1: oh yeah (laughs) he was trying to ask for his favorite beatles song to be played (laughs) can't buy me life Mm.
0: Yeah. The first time I ever heard that song was the a, an arrangement by the King's Singers. Are you familiar with this group? I've
1: heard of them. Remind they're me like again. A, they're, they're like a Achenola? British
0: a cappella group that do a lot of pop songs. Are they actually uh, but,
1: the King's Singers? Because I don't think they have a king, Cameron. Not no more. <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, I uh, don't think anyone's been able to prove that they're actually the King's Singers.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Um. But uh, they did this. Um. This version of that song that was uh what's it called uh it was madrigalian um like uh, it it was like a, a renaissance style acapella like a choral piece but it was can't buy me love
1: oh was it awful i, I thought it was really it was at least really fun to sing oh you, wait you sang it you were in the King's singers what's the king like in well, person is he is he a nice guy uh, or is he a nice guy
0: he, um it was elvis oh okay <laughs> So whatever you think about Elvis is oh, what it was. So he's
1: not dead after all. No. Okay. Gotcha.
0: It's it's it was Elvis's band. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Oh, <laughs> I get
1: it. I get it. Okay. Finally. Now I understand. Should we talk about Uprising? Oh, I guess so. I guess we could do that. I mean, I guess that's what we're here for. Uprising, yeah. 1980, ten songs. Um, any uh, general thoughts about the album before you just get right into the songs?
0: Hmm. I don't know if I liked it as well as the last one, but uh, it was pretty fun.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's less synthy, it seemed to me than some of the more recent albums. Yeah. There's some real Definitely less synthy. There's some real bangers on here though. Um Could You Be Loved is a pretty great song, and then of course a Redemption song. Yeah. So I guess let's just get into the first song, which is called Coming In From The Cold. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, try, no. The she was, was just a baby. in this
0: life, oh, coming in from the cold.
1: So what's this song about? It said The chorus says, in this life, coming in from the cold. We're coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in from the cold. Uh, what that mean?
0: Uh, is this... Is this a song about like the advancement of humanity or something? I
1: I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Uh,
0: there's not a lot of lyrics in here, right? Um, okay, yeah. So basically, there's there's a lyric about in this sweet life we're coming in from the cold, and then Bob Marley thinks that we're not listening, and he says it's you, it's you, huh? it's what? you I'm talking huh? to.
1: Oh, oh, so, oh, sorry, I was I was miles away. Yeah clearly uh
0: and why do you look so sad and forsaken when one door is closed don't you know another is open uh so just some kind of hopeful sentiments there and then it kind of takes a left turn would you let the system make you kill your brother man no 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 no, no dread no woo no woo um yeah and then he says the most perplexing lyric, which we got to hear in that sound sample, which is, well, how would you play the one that I took just in case people didn't hear it?
1: Mm. Is it this one?
0: Baby.
1: I mean, he's not wrong. The biggest man you ever little did baby. see. <laughs> man, I wish I had that queued up now. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> okay, here we go there we go um so th- cameron did you know that the biggest man you ever did see was just was 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 just a baby
0: uh no <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't in good conscience say
1: that's a big fucking baby if it's the biggest man i ever did see yeah Or wait does he mean i, I was at one time a baby
0: oh that makes <laughs> that's a good point
1: yeah he's not just that's calling. clearly
0: what it means
1: He's not just saying like big man, huh? They're just they're just all man baby. They're babies. I I'm the so only real the, man. I, they're babies.
0: Is this like it's like when you're performing or giving a speech and you pretend everyone's in their underwear? Um, is it like that? But if you ever just like feel overwhelmed or like the like the people in your life are just like in control have too much control over you and just remember even the biggest bodies of people like those people are ba- were babies once
1: that's what i say when the bouncer kicks me out at the bar i just stand just dust myself up stand back up and say hey you big bouncer you were just a baby you you're no matter how big you are now you were just a baby
0: baby um and then you make a lot of goo goo noises
1: yeah I, well i pulled a pacifier out of my pocket um <laughs> <laughs> which I, I keep on hand or in pocket rather just for these sorts of you well, occasions you're going
0: to a rave
1: oh yeah that too yeah i mean it's a multi-purpose pacifier yeah it's an mpp obviously i mean you can't just like have a one is it's part of my everyday carry cameron let, let, let's get into the uh, the old edc uh what's your everyday carry pacifier. I mean, I've got pacifier, uh second backup pacifier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh dangly keys. Um, Those are really fun to just like jangle in front of your face. Um got to have got to have my depends. I depend on them. Haha, <laughs> get it, right? Uh and a, a spit-up blankie.
0: Yeah, I like uh they have these they have these little chairs that you can put babies in that are just like hard rubber and um, it sits them up and sort of forces them up and they're really easy to clean. And I like to bring, uh, an adult version of that with me wherever I
1: go. Hey man, I want King shame. That sounds great. You do you. Yep. (laughs) As it were. Uh, yeah. So biggest man you ever did see was just a baby. I think he means at one point was a baby. Um,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, yeah, that's, those are basically the lyrics of the song. I mean, he talks about a billabong, um, which is an Australian word. Yeah. Uh, There's a genius annotator who says that it, well, hmm. I don't know how much you can say, you know, trust this genius annotator because they say it's the Jamaican enunciation of Australian word billabong. I think they mean pronunciation, (laughs) Uh, but they say that billabong means a branch of a river flowing away from the mainstream, but leading to no other body of water, a blind or dead end channel. I did not know that's what billabong meant, actually. I thought it was just uh, um, nylon shorts that you wore that made you look really cool when you were surfing. Yeah. Shorts that I would buy at
0: the uh, Lincoln City outlet malls.
1: Hell yeah! Right next to the Quicksilver store.
0: Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. You know the one. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so there's a re- there's yeah a lot of weird uh, fuckery in the in Bob's <laughs> vocals. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is Bob, but if you play the the sound sample that says, "Who is this weird crooner who says, well?
1: mm Hmm. It's you. It's you, it's you I'm talking to.
0: Where are you you it's You, 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 I'm talking to. The Sammy Davis Jr. just busted into the track,
1: <laughs> or Dave Matthews, or something. Like sounds very affected. Yeah, really strange.
0: And it's like, um, it's panned to the left too.
1: Hmm, it's
0: it's, de- that's it's definitely like choice. a different track. Yeah. So I don't know what to make of that.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know.
0: Let's, ke- let's keep it moving because we only covered like four songs last time. Yeah, that's it's true. It was my fault, but also our fault.
1: Also my fault. That's what it means to be we. Let's talk about track two, Real Situation. Check out the real situation. Nation war against nation. Where did it all begin? When will it end? Well, it seems like total destruction, the only solution, and there ain't no use, no one can stop them now. Aren't no use, nobody can stop them now.
0: So this is like a fatalistic view of humanity. Like we have to set, like hit the reset button, basically.
1: Yeah. That's the
0: only, that's the inevitable outcome.
1: I think... I think I don't think he's actually advocating that. I think he's saying in their paradigm these people he's talking about the warmongers oh. and the the weapons uh mongers um that in their view it seems like total destruction the only solution.
0: Yeah, it's just weird that he words it, well, it seems like total destruction the only solution.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, especially because like I really doubt that Bob Marley would say that destruction is any kind of solution. Yeah. But I mean this is 1980. It's the Cold War. Both Russia and the United States are stockpiling nukes and are still in the nuclear arms race. And Man, can you you imagine
0: just being afraid of the world ending uh, every day?
1: Oh, man. When you wake up in the morning? I can't even imagine that. (laughs) So glad that's over. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, there were multiple points throughout the 60s and 70s and 80s that the world was a hair trigger away from total nuclear annihilation essentially i mean there are there are a couple like well publicized incidents of faulty radar readings where you know some military personnel either in the u.s or soviet union were saying launch the nukes launch them now and then other personnel were pushing back and saying like no 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 this is probably a faulty reading um yep there are some pretty pretty close calls there um even the cuban missile crisis like came very yeah. close to ending the entire world basically Good thing uh, the X Men were there. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I is is that in one of the movies? Yeah, it does. It come out that like Fidel Castro is like secretly Magneto or something dumb like that.
0: <laughs> he was Magneto the whole time. Uh, no, but Magneto's there, and uh, he pushes a coin through Kevin Bacon's forehead. It was that, actually
1: pretty cool. That doesn't sound comfortable.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really stupid. Like somehow he's able to keep Kevin Bacon like suspended in. Uh, he he's able to like push the coin with his his powers very slowly without spinning through Kevin Bacon's forehead, um, and Kevin Bacon like can't move it doesn't make any
1: sense but cameron kevin bacon is well known for his adamantium skeleton um it's sort of his defining trait (laughs) uh as as a as a as an item of trivia i have a very low bacon score by the way you know the the game of the six degrees of kevin bacon well my mom was in a movie with kevin bacon so that's about as low as you can get without being directly are you serious yeah animal house
0: kevin bacon was in animal animal house yeah dog
1: I think, he, is he one of the snooty, I have not seen that movie in a very long time, and I don't think I will because it's extremely problematic. Um,
0: yeah, same here. Kevin
1: Bacon. I think he's one of the snooty, um, like...
0: I forgot that your mom was in Animal House. What did she do again?
1: She was just an extra, but you can huh. see her... She's Wait, wearing, was she
0: in the marching band?
1: no 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 she's in the crowd scene she's like one of the bystanders at one point when the death mobile is is driving by she like puts out her hand and like uh pushes back a kid next to her you know away from the road roadway (laughs) yeah yeah uh well yeah good for you Low bacon score yeah (laughs) it's uh very good for me (laughs) man he's not really happy for you i was trying to figure out i'm on the wikipedia page for animal house i was trying to figure out what his character is it's, his name is chip diller um but he's not mentioned in the plot synopsis at all so i he's not a very big part of it i don't think um i think he might be one of the like snooty frat bros or whatever let's
0: talk about bad
1: card bad card I love that. He wants so to disturb his neighbor.
0: That says it's the chorus, but that part only happens one time. Oh, really? So I don't think it's really the chorus. Oh. But that's probably my favorite part of the tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, In his book, The Words and Music of Bob Barley, David Moskowitz explains that the song is about Marley's falling out with his manager, Don Taylor, who had been skimming money off of Marley's concert earnings. What the so shit? The fallout... T- taylor also threatened to ruin marley's image what bad card fuck? is a defiant song in which marley makes clear that despite the machinations of those he considered allies his music would endure
1: whoa shit
0: word for word reading from the uh rapgenius.com
1: wow i did not know that about uh bob marley and his uh, manager that's crazy
0: yeah so that kind of Put some of these lyrics in context because they're kind of vague you know mm-hmm. you uh go tired f- f- uh, oh well it's hard to read these lyrics uh can't get me out of the race oh man you said i'm in your place and then you draw a bad card i don't know what that means draw a bad card
1: oh that, good question it,
0: i feel like that sounds like it's like chance
1: i don't but know that, but
0: it seems like it's more intentional you huh. know propaganda um, spreading over my name Say so you want to bring another life to shame oh man you just play in a game and then you draw a bad card
1: i will say and then that, he
0: talks about mm-hmm. playing his music too loud
1: um oh yeah yeah he's like instead of wanting to uh blow up a church he wants to disturb his neighbor because he's feeling so right he wants to turn up his disco um, he's come a long way hasn't he <laughs> yeah it's true it's much less violent though still inconsiderate let's be real um i wanted to point out that uh his the manager don taylor was the other person the third person who was shot in the assassination attempt uh it was bob and rita marley were both shot and so was don taylor and that is mostly the like the only place maybe he was like i'm not getting paid enough for this right yeah
0: (laughs) okay i feel a little (laughs) less judgmental then
1: yeah but still, like, to feel betrayed by someone who you felt that close yeah. to, and... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this song really captures that feeling, though. Oh, may- Mostly maybe... Mostly just the make you may- draw a bad card, I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe is. the second maybe the second verse gives a little clue there. Propaganda spreading over my name. Say you want to bring another life to shame. Oh, man, you just to play in a game, and then you draw a bad card. So maybe oh, he's saying... Oh, is the
0: bad card that he found out?
1: That who found out what? Huh?
0: That Bob Marley found out about the... Uh embezzlement
1: oh maybe maybe he's just saying like you're out of luck and you're not going to be able to um right. you know do your dastardly plan or whatever yeah like I, I could see the bad card being in context of this like game metaphor it's like they're playing yeah, it's Uno not with each good, other
0: i don't think it's a very good metaphor or at least it's not like
1: fleshed out earned yeah <laughs> whatever it's fine <laughs> because we guarding the palace so majestic guarding the palace so realistic I wonder what that part's about. Is he just, like, asserting his religious righteousness in the face of this betrayal? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) You're so interested in discussing that part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of interesting that, like, I don't know, it's, um... It's not super, like, vindictive, this song, against his former manager, Um, but it is sort of, like, triumphant, saying, like, yeah, no matter whatever, like, game you're playing, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to triumph.
0: It's pretty aloof.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank God for that annotation helping us clue in what this song was about. Otherwise, I would have no clue. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's go on to the next song. We and Dem. It's what's up, my Are you jamming along on the banjo?
0: I was trying to figure out what note. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what key it's in because I had some thoughts about it. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, do tell. Well, uh, since you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this song is really interesting harmonically. It is a song that never, it never really resolves. So at the beginning of the song, it starts on a chord, and then it go, and then it then it goes down. It starts on the minor three chord, but you don't know where that chord lands in the harmony yet. And then it goes down to the two chord and the minor two chord, and then the song never really goes to one. And it does go to the minor six. So an argument could be made that the song is in. Um, I think it would be minor. Um, yeah you could make mm-hmm. an argument that the song's in d minor but uh i feel like it doesn't really sound like d minor i feel like it sounds more like f except for you never hear an f chord uh, so f. it's a very ambiguous harmony and i think it's pretty interesting because of that mm-hmm. um so check out this intro and how you're just sort of like you don't necessarily have an anchor especially when it transitions into the uh into the first lyrics <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird first chord to start on. It's another mm-hmm. one of those classic uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers uh, fake out intros. So then, uh, if you if you play the chorus of this song, um, you'll hear that. Actually, I what is the sound sample you took?
1: Uh, I think it included part of the chorus. Like, yeah, I, I generally take about ten seconds of the lead up to the chorus, and then ten seconds of the chorus. Sort of like get a flavor of two of the biggest parts of the songs right
0: well yeah if you listen to the song it never really goes to the the one chord um, it just feels kind of ambiguous the whole time
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there's also a really great uh, scat and guitar duet
1: Ooh, I love those yeah let's take a listen oh, oh,
0: a no, huh. oh, yeah it so
1: great
0: This is, like, the major key part. Mmm, yeah. So, like... Um, that would be... Uh, yeah, that's the... So it goes, like, G minor, C, and A minor, and D minor. Mm-hmm. And you eventually think it's gonna go G minor, C, to F. I can actually resolve, but it never does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that duet is pretty charming.
1: I, I was at a music festival this past weekend called Fresh Grass in Western Mass. Um, that's, it's called and Fresh they Grass. they just mowed
0: the whole place.
1: Yes. Uh, but Mavis Staples was performing there and she did this actually. She did a, a sort of scat guitar unison duet um, during one of her songs. And it was great. It's Super fun. Um, it must have been prearranged, of course, for her to just like do it live, yeah. a lot, like doing the same notes as the guitar at the same time.
0: <laughs> Unless they do that, um, that like weekend update bit with uh, Kristen Wig and who else would do it with? Is her? it Bill Hader? Uh, Fred Fred Armisen. Oh, they okay. would do a bit where they would um, make up songs on the spot, and one of them would try to follow the other one like immediately. Um, it's yeah, it's it's definitely like a. <laughs> It, it's it's a classic like snl breaking like that's the joke is like that they're not going to be able to hold it together right. because it's so silly mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's one of my favorite bits yeah
1: um have we talked about what the song's about uh, no <laughs> i don't know how to do that <laughs> i think the song is about um how hard it is to compromise with the oppressor Verse one says, but someone will have to pay for the innocent blood that they shed every day. They, in this, in this case, of course, as always is like the, the forces of oppression, bald heads, bald heads that he's uh, fighting against, uh, continues. Oh, children, mark my word. It's what the Bible say. Yeah. Um, and then the chorus goes, we know now, we know, know how we and them go work this out. Um, and Essentially, it's saying, we don't know how we and they are going to work this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to translate into a more accustomed uh, dialect for us. Um,
0: yeah. And then it talks about, like, ecological destruction. Yeah. Uh, but in the beginning, Ja created everything, giving man dominion over all things. But now it's too late. You see, men has lost their faith, eating up all the flesh from off the earth.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I mean, of course, he's on something here because, like it's really hard to compromise with oppressors, of course. And then depending yeah. on like how, how uh, stringent they get, like if they're fascist, for instance, or if they're intolerant, uh, you know, you have the whole, the whole paradox of tolerance, um, how you can't tolerate intolerance because that will inevitably lead to lead to a collapse of any kind of tolerance system or a society. Um, so that that's sort of what this song makes me think of where it's like, yeah, how are we going to work things out with like, like for instance, if you were to take like South Africa or Zimbabwe, which, you know, he's written a song about Zimbabwe in the last album. uh, Think about like, how are you going to going to work things out quote unquote with like the white supremacists who are running the country? Yeah. You know, like what, how is that going to work out? How is it? What's that going to look like? Um, We just need to
0: have like a, a real, like no nonsense, like, talk
1: (laughs) we just need to sit down and have a beer together you know what i mean yeah um and of of course they i am not an expert on the details of how things went in south africa but i know that like nelson mandela embarked on like a some sort of reconciliation um so i think to a certain extent things were worked out um and I don't believe there was like a violent revolution in South Africa. Maybe. Oh boy. I'm again. I'm, I'm like a real expert on African history as a as a as a white American. I'm just like I'm really really with it. <laughs> Shit. Uh, it's
0: it's me, Professor Eggshell. <laughs>
1: yep, that's it. <laughs> Professor Paleshole. Uh, that's
0: that's that's normative. A lot of eggshells are brown.
1: You know what? They are or bluish green. Or speckle. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically what the song's about. There's not a ton to it. He's mostly just like making the point, like, yeah, it's gonna be fucking hard to work things out with oppressors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, c- I can kind of appreciate that because um, to th- these days. Which isn't to say this hasn't been in the rhetoric before, but when someone says uh, when someone acknowledges uh, oppression or um, inequality or iniquity, um, people say like, "Oh, you're never gonna like convince anyone of your of your stance by saying it that way," right? Or you know, <laughs> How like, "How dare you uh, call those
1: racist racist? You're just gonna make right. them not listen to you."
0: Yeah, you're just creating division. Yeah, you know? and it's like, well, the goal isn't always to um, convert bad people into being being good and not everyone should I think I mean inevitably we're going to have to like I think inevitably reconciliation has to happen or or things will just get worse and worse but that's not everyone's responsibility at every given moment
1: Right yeah and I don't know yeah. I don't know if it necessarily has to happen I mean hypothetically I guess you could just like have the rest of society move on and the other people can just die out or eventually get with the program because they're getting left behind or something I don't know I don't know what I'm saying whatever <laughs> 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 this is why I am not a politician one of many reasons
0: uh, right re- yeah I guess reconciliation looks a lot of different ways
1: <laughs> right
0: and uh a war, a war of attrition i think can n- could work hypothetically yeah
1: <laughs> some situations let's, i guess that's basically let's move on to work, work. speaking of work let me see, let you me work, see work, you work 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 yeah work. yeah exactly <laughs> I listening to it, I, I was very much reminded of that. You know that song from Hamilton where it introduces no. the Skylar sisters? No, I don't. Do you know Hamilton? I know what it is. Oh, uh, you haven't heard it? Okay. There's there's a scene where the Skylar sisters are introduced and like the, the background vocals are like work, work and then the Skyly Sister's like Angelica. So I don't know. Is it is it
0: true that there's a McElroy's reference in Hamilton that's like an unless, unless there it
1: is. It's there, brah. That's great. Yeah. I just
0: recently found out about his um his great job horn. Do you know about this?
1: Um I know the bit from Mabimbam. Bam.
0: Yeah, so for those who haven't listened, um, there is a bit in Mabim Bam, like, I don't know, a few hundred episodes ago, where Griffin McElroy is talking about how cars should have different horns, like one that's like, watch out, and then one that's that just goes, great job. Right. Um, <laughs> and Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, is a big uh, Mabim Bam fan, and he, every time he's televised, he works in this like little dance move that looks like high-fiving the air but what he's actually doing is doing a bim bam call out uh or shout out and he's doing the great job horn
1: oh oh right i, t- I think i did hear about that and
0: he's he does it like on snl and i think he did it at the tonys and he <laughs> does it everywhere <laughs> it's really <laughs> sweet
1: <laughs> yeah Oh man, the the Adventure Zone bonus episodes from several years ago, where they had uh, they had Lin Manuel Miranda on as a uh, as a player character, were pretty fun.
0: I need to re-listen to this. Yeah, they
1: were. I think they were. If I remember right, they were like completely outside the continuity of any of the other arcs. It was like its own standalone, self-contained arc.
0: All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about work.
1: Oh right, yeah. I guess we're we're talking about a song. We job people can make it work. Come together and make it work. Yeah. And then it seems like it's
0: talking about the drudgery of of working a a five-day-a-week
1: job. Yeah. We got five days to work. Working for the next day. Four days to go. Working for the three days to go now. Working for the next day. Yeah. Two days to go. Working for the next day. Say we got one day to go now. Working for
0: every day is work. So it's like, it seems like it's, we can make it work not referring to working a job yeah what is (laughs) but then it's work and it seems like it's the the chorus is like encouraging yeah we can make it work yeah and then the verse is like oh god it's so much work it
1: sucks to work
0: like doing our literal jobs yeah like going
1: hmm. to work sucks especially so
0: i don't know what to make of this song
1: especially verse two i work in the midday sun i work till evening come if if yeah aren't i got nothing to do Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, I appreciate the um, the annotation on RapGenius.com. Say, Work is a very good Bob Marley and the Whalers song with incredible lyrics taken from their 1980 <laughs> album no. Uprising with the pretty woman wearing heavy makeup, savoring the sweet flavor of the red cherry on the front cover.
0: Man, is that really the cover of this album?
1: It's a bad cover. It looks like there's, like, whiteout all over it.
0: Yeah, it's a real
1: shitty cover. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that can't be huh. it because the, the cover they're showing says Bob Marley and the Wailers Uprising. But that's not the Uprising <laughs> cover. I mean, I, I could maybe buy it if it were like the cover for the single.
0: Oh, and then this annotator says, so good. It could have been a single, said Chris Blackwell. What
1: the fuck is Chris Blackwell?
0: I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) this can't be right it's almost as if you can't trust (laughs) everything you read on www.rapgenius.com
0: there's a proposed edit that just has uh the with the pretty woman wearing heavy makeup savoring the sweet flavor of the red cherry on the front cover just crossed out
1: (laughs) Ooh, how do I upvote can I upvote just the proposed edit I don't think I can
0: uh I don't know
1: I don't think I can really interact with it. That's too bad. What a broken system. Yeah, this fucking sucks.
0: I don't have anything else to say about this song. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to Zion Train. Zion
1: Train. He's going to the National Park in Utah on a train.
0: And then we're going to have a very sweaty, topless rave in a cave.
1: Ah, the other Zion reference joke you can make. I mean, besides the <laughs> That's <it>. Israel one. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> uh yeah so cool sweaty rave morpheus is gonna preside over it cool fun stuff good good good
0: (laughs) and say machines (laughs) a lot
1: (laughs) cameron have you revisited those matrix sequels anytime recently i did yeah interesting i've been wanting to revisit them after hearing the blank check podcast episodes about them uh what that's why i did what do you think of them having revisited
0: i really like what's it called um number two Uh, (laughs) i I know you do It's a bad title you don't
1: have to you don't have to get into your (laughs) specific predilections here okay um i mean I, i don't want to kink shame but you know some of our uh listeners may not want to hear about that
0: all right all right I might, might be on the cutting room floor. Uh, Reloaded is really good, I think. A lot better than I think people <laughs> made it out to be. Obviously, the scene where he fights all the Agent Smiths is garbage. Yeah, it's rendered <laughs> on an N64. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, the rest of it is... I mean, I like the idea of that scene. I think it could have been good. And actually, a lot of it is good. But a lot of it just looks absolutely terrible and, like, Gumby. Right. But... Um, yeah, I think it's really fun. And I love... I think that's when, like, the highway chase scene is. Yeah. And then there's, like, this huge, like... um hand-to-hand combat like sword fight on these on the stairwell yeah it looks awesome and it's super fun and uh the architect is great yeah i think it's i think it's really fun Mm -hmm. and i think revolutions is a real bummer and most of it is just like people in big mecha suits um shooting guns at squiddies hmm In a way that's not very visually interesting. Hypothetically, that could be cool, but it's not. It's very like, I don't know, like a final battle kind of Avengers kind of scene. Yeah. So.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I've seen either of them more than once.
0: Yeah, I hadn't either. I had just seen them in theaters. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, their their whole thing, the Blank Check podcast, their season on the Wachowskis made me really want to go back and uh, revisit some of their movies. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, what's this song about?
0: Well, this is like a religious song. Choo choo, yeah. Choo choo, like, motherfuckers! Uh, hop- it's your
1: motherfucking train day.
0: <laughs> this is like a hop, hop on board the Zion train. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's full of like aphorisms. Which man can save yeah. his brother's soul? Oh man, it's just self control. Don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. Oh, where there's a will, there's always a way. Where there's a will, there's <laughs> yeah, always yeah, a way. This is.
0: This is kind of full of cliches. Yeah, You're absolutely
1: right. Um, although verse three is 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 more powerful, I think, and more original. Yes, two thousand years of history could not be wiped away so easily. Two thousand years of history, Black history, could not be wiped away so easily. Yeah, so I I think that verse is is really important and uh, adds a lot of dimension to this song. Um, yeah, because Zion is. What have we, have we talked about what Zion is in like Rastafarianism?
0: Uh, I mean, is it just Ethiopia?
1: I'm not a hundred percent certain. I mean, I, I, I get that there's sort of like a, uh, utopian aspect to it of like Zion is the land that we're going to build, I I guess with, like, perfect equality and uh, seems like an Afrocentric Afrocentric paradise of some kind. Gotcha. But I, I don't actually know for certain, like...
0: I looked uh, on JamaicanPatois.com and it doesn't have anything to say about Zion. And neither does neither does nice
1: up here we go so. oh wikipedia here we go in rastafari zion stands for a utopian place of unity peace and freedom as opposed to babylon the oppressing and exploiting system of the materialistic modern world and a place of evil uh it's it proclaims zion as reference to ethiopia the original birthplace of mankind and from the beginning of the movement calls for repatriation to zion the promised land and heaven on earth huh okay so it seems like simultaneously kind of a reference to like eden at ethiopia but also more of like a symbol of a community of equality if i'm interpreting this correctly gotcha. um yeah so mm. so there's there's almost like a certain inevitability to this uh this idea in the song where he's like yeah it's it's fucking coming we're going there the zion train is coming our way you better get on board you
0: got a ticket
1: yeah you got it?
0: Uh there's a a Justin Timberlake style take it to the bridge in
1: this. Mm. To the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> does he mean the bridge of the song or is the train going over a train bridge no
0: yeah he, yeah he goes to the bridge of the song after that hmm. That's, take it to the bridge could be oh, both where there's a will there's always a way could
1: also be a train bridge you know
0: and then he says go ahead go ahead girl go ahead get get gone with it <laughs> vip drinks on me <laughs>
1: yep uh, all right you want to go on to probably one of the biggest bummers of a song that bob marley has ever done
0: uh yeah
1: pimper's paradise i do great here we go
0: so that tense is pretty confusing yeah that's all she was now she
1: was now uh pimper's paradise is track number seven from bob marley's uprising lyrically based it is exquisite and based around the downsides of stardom that's what the uh uh, contributor on www.rapgenius.com says so yeah exquisite yep um i don't think there's delightful (laughs) Mm, delicious lyrics Mm, scrumptious Mm. Mm. you
0: have transported me to a pimper's paradise okay now that we've lost all of our listeners
1: we can finally say what's been on our minds (laughs) this the song's not not great um i don't think there i mean the annotation says that it's based around the downsides of stardom i don't think there's any indication in the song itself that it's about stardom um so here we go she loved to party have a good time she looks so hearty feeling fine she loves to smoke sometimes shifting coke she'll be laughing when there ain't no joke then the chorus.
0: Some of those words rhyme. Some of those
1: words rhyme. Yes, a lot of them do, in fact. Chorus, a pimper's paradise. That's all she was now. A pimper's paradise. Every need got an ego to feed. Every need got an ego to feed.
0: What's a pimper?
1: Uh, somebody who pimps. Why?
0: Isn't that just a pimp? <laughs> uh, I don't know,
1: dude. You got me.
0: A pimper would be like someone who pimps out other pimps.
1: <laughs> no, that's you're thinking of a su- I'm imagining uh, like a, a, a pyramid meta, scheme of pimps. A meta pim- pimper. <laughs> Super pimper. <laughs> the
0: pimpy and the pimper. <laughs> uh,
1: the pimpy has become the pimper. <laughs> uh yeah, this this uh, is I feel like there's a couple ways you could t- read this song. Um, but most of them are not great, and probably the least charitable one you could think of is like this is just a a simple kind of slut shaming, uh, warning song saying, Hey, ladies, you better not go out and actually enjoy yourselves and have fun, uh, because then you become a pimpers' paradise and you're easy pickings for pimps, I guess, like for pimpers, for pimpers, the scarlet pimper. Um, yeah, so it's, it's like, yeah, it's. I mean it's kind of vague exactly what he's trying to say he and at the outro he does Well he
0: says don't just be a stock a stock on the shelf.
1: Right. Don't lose track don't lose track of yourself um in the that's, that that part's in the outro so you could make the argument that he's kind of being a little bit more empowering saying like don't let yourself become a pimpers paradise but like the story he tells about how this woman becomes a quote-unquote pimpers paradise is is all like she's enjoying herself party smoking which it's
0: very focused on her agency yeah like it's her fault
1: exactly it's it feels like victim blaming um
0: and also yeah nothing about it is necessarily that bad i mean right. she does coke that's not great
1: right yeah
0: but hypothetically i mean it's her choice it kind of feels
1: smoking yeah
0: partying feeling fine uh modeling in the latest fashion um, she moves
1: with passion how dare she
0: now she's bluesing when there ain't no blues i don't know what that, that
1: <laughs> i don't know i guess that means she's like sad even when there's nothing to be sad about yeah i guess uh yeah I don't know dude it's I mean it feels like a pretty big bummer to me
0: yeah there's not even that much to be bummed about and you know there's just no, this is a nothing song right yeah well let's move on to a better song yeah could you be loved
1: could you leave us alone i
0: What's the instrument? There's like uh, an instrument that's going like... <laughs> that's like a that.
1: Brazilian like uh, straw drum. What's Is, that called?
0: Oh, yeah. What's that? I always think it's called the Ouija, but that's the, a different thing.
1: I doubt it's called the Ouija. <laughs> Let me just do a quick search. Brazilian straw drum. Uh, oof. cuica. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a friction drum produced by changing tension on the head of the drum. It's also been called a laughing gourd. Yeah. It
0: sounds great in this song. It it's basically like, gives like it a this double time sound.
1: Yeah. It's, it's basically just a big drum that has a essentially a drinking straw shoved in the skin. Um, I guess it's actually made of bamboo or whatever, but yeah, you can like it, the friction of, of uh, move. I, I think you like move the straw up and down and it like, like, you know, the, the friction in the all, slide against the skin. We've all had a like, big gulp. <laughs> or, a, or a
0: slurpee and have made some brazilian music of her own
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is that you've missing for <laughs> <laughs> playing cuica
0: on a slurpee or a big gulp
1: mm, i know what that means
0: me me too
1: <laughs> you can't spell I guess slurpee
0: possibility. Uh, yeah i okay i i'll give you that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep okay so the song could you be loved could you be loved and be loved don't let them fool you or even try to school you. We've got a mind of our own, so go to hell if what you're thinking about isn't right. Love would never leave us alone. In the darkness, there must come out to light. So it's it's fairly like general lyrics, um, but I, I think the song itself is like so good that I'm not really bothered by the lyrics being kind of general.
0: Yeah, I can't tell if he's saying, like, try to overcome the, like, negative patterns of the world, or if he's saying that they're, like, inevitable. Like, he says only the fittest of the fittest shall survive.
1: But then he says stay alive. So, I don't know if he's saying, like, you need to be the fittest, or if he's just saying, like, uh, opt out of this, like, corrupt uh, Darwinism thing and just be alive, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like he has to be ironic when he says only the fittest of the fittest shall survive because the chorus right. is, could you be loved and be loved? You know, that, that doesn't seem like it would really fit with this like weird social Darwinism. Right. And it, overall, the message seems to be like, don't let them fool you or even school you. Don't let them change you or even rearrange you. We've got a life to live. Oh, Oh, I see what it, okay. And then the lyrics before the fit, the fittest of the fittest shall survive. He says, they say only, only, only the fittest of the fittest shall survive. So he's, he's quoting this like mindset essentially. I see. Yeah. He says, that's what they say. And then I guess his response is stay alive. Um, yeah. So this- I guess he's
0: just like posing like, yeah. Can we rise above? Can we rise above this? Could you be loved and be, and be loved?
1: Yeah. I had always thought the lyrics were Could You Be Loved and Be Long? And oh. I kinda I kinda wish that those those were the lyrics.
0: Yeah, I think I like that better than just saying the same lyric.
1: Yep. <laughs> Beloved and be loved. Yeah. Um, I really like the the guitar riff that goes throughout the song. Um, apparently, according to the contributor, I think we have a better category of contributor here on this song. Uh, it was written in 1979 on an airplane while the whalers were experimenting on guitar. And they oh. continue to say the song is considered by many reggae fans to be disco-influenced and by extension influencing the dance hall genre. Oh, very good. I could see it be kind of disco-influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Anything Shall else we move s- on? I guess so, yeah. Let's talk about Forever Loving Ja. this is essentially a worship song yeah we'll be forever
0: loving jaw um so no matter what stages they put us through we'll never be blue no matter what rages changes they put us through we'll never be blue we'll be forever yeah Mm-hmm. yeah uh, only it's a got, fool lean upon his own under misunderstanding
1: yep that's a paraphrase of a proverb i think
0: Yeah, usually it's his own understanding, but they're just like really double underlining it.
1: Yup. And then what has been hidden from the wise and the prudent been revealed to the babe and the suckling. That's another uh, paraphrase of something from the bible apparently it's a reference to Matthew 11:25 um oh and then here we go verse 4 because just like a tree planted planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruits bringeth forth fruits in due season everything in life got its purpose find its reason in every season that's definitely some biblical overtones and paraphrases going on there hmm. um he talks about old man river which is not I don't believe that's biblical. Yeah, it's just a folk song, right? I I don't know if it goes back further than that. But yeah, it is Mm. a folk song. Verse one, it goes, Some, they say, see them walking up the street. They say we're going wrong to all the people we meet. But we won't worry. We won't shed no tears. We found a way to cast away the fears. Those are probably the most... uh, a, a, of the most original of these lyrics because a lot of the other ones yeah. are just, you know, it's Bible recycled. paraphrasing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, he's just asserting he'll be forever loving Ja, And I mean, I think at this point he knows that he's probably going to die soon. So this is, you know, toe intact. Well, not necessarily intact. I mean, he got, he had to get rid of the nail bed, but, uh, he still has the toe. It's a real ship of Theseus. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, you know that that old parable about how if you take a ship and you replace uh you replace the nail bed of the ship with a skin graft from your grafts. thigh, <laughs> is it still the same ship? Yeah, it's a real head scratcher that one. Indeed. Yeah. There's some fun
0: atonal beeps in this.
1: Beep boop. Here we go. Hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. we'll
0: Yeah, I don't know if those are actual like electronic, if that's like a keyboard or a synth, or if it's just (laughs) bells that are
1: slightly out of tune. Oh, I was going to say, what else could it be? Just some dude going (laughs) beep boop. Beep boop. (laughs) Beep boop. probably that. (laughs) It's probably that. Yeah, it's got to be. All right, should we end on Redemption song? Let's end on Redemption song. The end of the Almighty. We forward in this generation triumphantly won't you help to sing these songs of freedom cause all i ever have man i kind of regret that i cut off the sound sample right before he actually gets to the redemption song the line that says redemption song that is some real musical blue balls that. yeah yeah we, everyone yeah everyone knows this song yeah
0: speaking of musical blue balls uh at the Ooh. very end of this song he just ends uh he just doesn't resolve it and he ends on the tensest chord it's just a two note chord uh, it's the two most dissonant notes that make a tritone in the five chord and he just ends with that which cool is, yeah it's kind of unsettling Yeah. Probably by design.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's the the end of his last song. So... Uh, the lyrics, old pirates, yes, they rob I sold I to the merchant ships minutes after they took I from the bottomless pit, but my hand was made strong by the hand of the almighty. We forward in this generation triumphantly. And then goes the chorus. Won't you help me sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have redemption songs. Yeah. So he's really, he's really getting into, he's placing himself in the, uh, you know, the, the history of the slave trade, um, and affirming that, that they're he's working toward freedom and uh then he quotes i think was his marcus garvey yeah yeah in verse two emancipate yourselves from mental slavery none but ourselves can free our minds is essentially a quote from marcus garvey Hmm. um continues have no fear for atomic energy because none of them can stop the time not really sure what that means um how long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book.
0: Oh, like this is part of the end times or something?
1: I guess so.
0: And in Bab- Babylon was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. That's in Revelations.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So this this is a yeah. Verse. I, I, hmm? I,
0: I guess like um, he's saying like don't be complicit. Like even we can still engage with our religion without just being like, oh yeah, this is all part of the plan.
1: mm Hmm. Um, this is a
0: very uh, folks, folksy, like Bob Dylan esque kind of. Yeah,
1: song. it's not very reggae. It's it's very stripped down because it's just him and the guitar solo. Um, there is on Spotify at least, and I'm sure on the other like deluxe versions of the album, there is a full band version. Yeah, I listen um, to that. How is it? Not as good. I yeah. really
0: like the intimate, you know, one person.
1: Yeah, me too. It it's a very powerful way to end his last album. Yeah especially considering like the chorus is explicitly an invitation saying, won't you help me to sing these songs of freedom? He's sort of like handing the torch to the, to his audience and his friends and his family yeah. and saying like, yeah, you know, you're going to need to help me sing these songs of freedom. You're going to need to help me continue this mission because I'm not going to be here much longer. Yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the last song on his last album, his last word in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, any mm. closing thoughts on Bob Marley?
0: Well, there's a fair amount of of, of vagueness in his songs, mm-hmm. just in in his lyrics. I think right. contextually, it's not vague for the people who are willing to like uh, figure out the context. But honestly, a part of me is not very surprised that so many people are uh, just have such a shallow relationship with it, mm-hmm. because I don't think in the text of the songs, it, uh, you can. You can kind of have it, ha- have a lot of the songs mean whatever you want them to mean.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying that <laughs> he deserves having a bunch of people appropriate his songs. I'm just saying I'm not, like, very surprised. There's not, like,. I mean, a lot of it is a lot of it is obvious. So, you know, when he's given the specifics of like 400 years and talking about slavery, I think those are pretty indisputable. You mm-hmm. know, but a lot of his songs that are just sort of vague and talking about injustice, like yeah, it makes sense to me. Like w- why there are a lot of people who can kind of ignore the lyrics and just enjoy the groove and um, maybe sort of take advantage of the deeper meanings right. of the music without engaging with the deeper meanings.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times he kind of phrases things as us versus them. Um, even in, right. even in uh, can you be loved or could you be loved rather? He says like, don't let them change you or even rearrange you. So he, d- he does a lot of like us versus them without really explicitly talking about who they are. And I think right. when you do that, you open yourself up to a lot of uh, people kind of having a shallow understanding or kind of like um, projecting whatever they want into the ca- into the, like the position of they.
0: Right. Yeah, and so it's like at the end of the day, is he just writing for who's he writing for? You know, is he? I mean, he must know that his that his audience at this point is very diverse mm-hmm. and isn't just Rastafarians. You know.
1: Yeah, I wonder because like a lot of his earlier lyrics were more specific, and I felt had some more depth. Um, a lot of the times, uh, just in general, I wonder if he faced any pressure to like write more accessible songs accessible in the sense that they like people can read in what they want to read in or if he kind of did that himself out of the uh, the idea of wanting to be like a prophet to the his fans right you know
0: yeah it'd be interesting to uh to like listen to an actual live album and see what he says in between the songs yeah maybe, maybe he breaks it down a little more
1: that's an interesting point, yeah.
0: I remember when I when I went to go see uh She'un Kuti, Fela Kuti's son, um, at mm-hmm. the behest of of your now wife Rachel, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that he he had like a few like just half hour like monologues <laughs> in between his songs mm-hmm. where he was just like talking. He was just t- talking about talking about the issues. And not keeping it funky, because he was just talking. (laughs) Um, So I wonder how much um, of contextualizing Bob Marley did at his concerts.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder. I guess we could, like, look at YouTube videos or something. Um, Not now while we're recording, but later.
0: But I still... I, I. I I'm glad that for the con- like the way that this sh- show works is that we uh, judge the albums kind of like we do look at the context outside but like we're just like what do the songs say right yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah um, so yeah I'm glad we went through all of uh, Bob Marley's discography I feel like it there was a lot of richness there. He's definitely more, you know, he's got more depth than the stoner frat bros that I knew who listened to Bob Marley back in the day.
0: More musical depth than I thought, too. Although some of it got a little bit boring for me in the middle there.
1: Yeah, there was some, like, kind of samey stuff. But yeah, there was some, like, really interesting musical stuff. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me most was how bonkers some of those intros are. Yes. That was great. Um,
0: And also just having a reason to check out some ska music yeah was great i just have never heard that before and that's yeah going to change the way that i th- think about ska music mm-hmm. <laughs> what i what i've heard to what i've heard referred to as ska music in the past
1: mm-hmm. exactly yeah so we definitely had some bummers along the way with bob marley um i mean mostly just one i guess so yeah mostly just uh how he raped his mm-hmm. wife that one time apparently
0: yeah and was like uh I guess sounds like he was a bit of a womanizer and didn't use protection
1: yes that that seems like that's true yes yeah so that sucks yeah all right well shall we wrap it up this last episode yeah. of season 10 Bob Marley episode 99 episode 99 baby next yeah. week episode
0: 100 we are going to do a special ama episode so you can ask us any questions by either signing on to the discord and going to the ama channel or by emailing us at email at boxset dot website that will be linked in the show notes yeah and uh, in addition to asking us questions, you can also make some requests for songs that you would like us to review. And feel free to give us context about like why you want us to listen to those. So that's a great chance for you to... Uh you know, we've been taking artist suggestions for a long time, um, and we don't make it around. We don't make it to all of them, but uh, they come a lot could. faster
1: than we can get through them.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can listen to a song from an artist that you're interested in, and maybe that'll plant a seed for a future season.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. So everyone just like. Send in some questions, we'll do like a, like a question chat behind the scenes, just kind of fun hangout thing for episode 100 to celebrate, and uh, we'll uh, review some songs, and uh, so that we, we can have like a musical element of the show also for the next episode. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It's been two years. Happy anniversary, Cameron. Aww. Aww. Clink, clink. Clink, clinkety clink. We're in the clink now. Um, so Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tuning in for Bob Marley, going through season 10 with us, discovering this. And uh, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm (laughs) Interhumous.
0: I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm going to go buy a big gulp and audition for a samba band. Paulina was telling me that um, she she didn't know that that song is the same as the first song. Um, mm-hmm. And she what did she what did she think it was? Something like "Lavender Was a Baby" <laughs> or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. Uh,
0: maybe we should do an all Stagger Lee episode.
1: Oh, listen to as many different versions of Stagger Lee as we can find. Yeah, maybe there's so many though.